Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Beautiful podcast. How are you this 5th of October 2023? Can you believe it's October? October. We're already nearly uh, in 2024. We are closer to 2024 than we are to 2022. Um, uh, it's it, We've got three months, less than three months until the new year is upon us, uh, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. And and for me, it's just been this roller coaster ride. I got to tell you, I, I don't even know which way is up. I've been everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. Uh, and through it all, I mean, you know, I spent two months in Asia. I spent uh, uh, countless amounts of hours and weeks and time in uh, uh, Europe and uh, South America even. Just a phenomenally busy, wonderful uh, uh, year. Um, and all, you know, through it all, through that entropy, through that chaos, through that uh, anarchy, uh, we also moved my daughter into college and she's now in a different city. It makes me sad, but, uh, you know, it's obviously she needs to go to college. So I'll live. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it's just been this wonderful, weird, wacky year. And I cannot believe, I cannot believe we're already staring down uh, Halloween and pumpkin spice lattes and, uh, you know, the like. Um, but yeah, it's true. That's where we are in the world. And, um, that's okay. It's fine. We'll be okay. I, I'm at DevOps uh, in Antwerp, and this is the sort of center of gravity for the Java ecosystem most, if not all years. Uh, and certainly this year, it feels like it, right? This has been, in my estimation, the most exciting DevOps I've ever been to. And I've been to most of them, right? Not all of them, but a plurality of them, a ploop, the, uh, the majority of them, right? Uh, which is a distinct pleasure, a privilege. And this year, the energy was excitement, the energy, the mood, the um, the ambiance, the uh, all that around Java 21, the excitement there was palpable, right? Java Java 21 puts Java in new territory, and it's already gaining ground, right? It's just it's it's objectively a great language, right? It is a more concise in in many cases than many other languages. It's certainly a lot a far sight more scalable thanks to Project Loom, uh, and it is uh, thanks to GraalVM now capable of being much more energy efficient and uh, and a small in form factor and RAM and so on. Uh, you know, basically, want to save time in the in the robustity of your code, use Java. If you want to save save energy, use Java. If you want to like have the richest ecosystem, use Java. Want to save the turtles? Yeah, use Java. Again, these are it's just more of everything now. And it's because of Java 21. I think it, it, if they were to release Java 21 as a brand new language uh, and just call it cafe or something like that, then it would just, it would just get uptake like wildfire. It would just be amazingly popular, you know? Uh, and it is already supremely popular, but I, I, I think it's only going to become more so now. Um, believe it or not, I think this is a, a, a you know, there's nowhere it's always gone up but i think this is going to expedite things considerably um and and maybe maybe it doesn't displace javascript which is a sort of de facto required if you want to build anything on the client side um but i could see it easily regaining its uh its popularity uh um in the ai space right uh, maybe maybe displacing python or certainly displacing the use of JavaScript on the server side, certainly displacing the use of uh, things like uh, Python on the server side for web apps and displacing things like Ruby and uh, and Go and uh, and .NET and whatever. There, you, I, you can't in good conscience, if you're trying to build something productively with a rich ecosystem that scales and handles uh, the kind of workloads that people are experiencing, you can't, I, I don't think you can in good conscience, choose something like a Ruby or a PHP or a Go uh, when you can do Java. It's just... There's a lot more people you can hire. It's a better language now. It's more, more concise, more scalable, more efficient. It's just a, 
just a crazy, really amazing, unique moment in the history of the ecosystem. And uh, frankly, I'm I'm just really glad to be a part of it. Uh, I talked to a number of people this week, um, and I even got to turn on the microphone for some of them. So, you know, bear with me. Those those episodes will be out as podcasts just as soon as I can. Uh, but they're on my YouTube channel, as always, you know, at Coffee Software. So if you want to join me and join the adventure there, I tend to do the live streams, interviews with these people there. And then I uh, put them here on the podcast one week at a time. I stagger them out. Right. So you might hear the you might watch the interview today on YouTube and then listen to it a month from now. Whatever you whatever you like is fine with me. I'm happy either way. Um, either way, thanks for joining the adventure too, right? A lot of good stuff out there. We're going to learn stuff together. Uh, and I there's a lot to be covered here in the in the wide, wonderful, wacky world of Java 21. <sighs> One of the people I love to talk to just to learn about uh, the latest and greatest, of course, is my friend Greg Turnquist. He's a sort of jack of all trades. He's um, one of the people that just sort of rolls up his sleeves and does whatever needs doing on the spring team. Uh, and so at the moment, uh, and for se several years now, he's been on the spring data team. But, you know, again, he could pick up and move to the spring security team tomorrow and move to the batch team or whatever. I mean, he's just sort of willing to uh, do whatever needed, needs doing. Uh, I'm a big fan. So um, we, uh, we got to talk uh, last, no, two months ago, August. This feels like a million years ago now, but it was August. That was spring one, not the one in Singapore, the one in Vegas, the first one, right? Um, <laughs> both of which have since come and gone uh, in, uh, in the time uh, since we recorded this. So yeah, I got to talk to him. I really enjoyed that interview because, of course, I, I have a big, I'm a big uh, Greg Turnquist fan, um, you know, owing in part because he created Spring for Python, which is a project that I loved so many years ago. So, my friends, enjoy the episode. Have fun. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh, we'll see you next week. And by the way, speaking of next week, I'll be in Spring One. I'll be in Amsterdam for Spring One Tour Amsterdam. I hope to see you there. I'll also be at Geertien Wailega. Wailega. Uh, why did I forget it? I forget how to pronounce his last name, but Geertien's uh, home, and I'll be bringing Trustin Lee, a uh, fellow Java champion that I convinced uh, to journey from from Korea to come to uh, Belgium for DevOps. This is his first time here uh, for DevOps, and um, you know he's arguably one of the most prolific people on the planet. If you've ever used Netty or used something that used Netty, and you most certainly have, right? Uh, your Kafka's and your Cassandra's and your web servers and your active stacks and all that, all of that based on Netty. Uh, if you've ever used any of that, then you've used his work, right? So it's up there with JUnit and Log4J and Spring and all that in terms of most entrenched, most prolific of libraries. Just an amazing, amazing uh, engineer. And he's just one of those people where I just feel really grateful when he when he feels like he wants to take the time and come talk to people. He's out there talking about his new initiative, his new effort called Armeria, and he and I will be doing a sort of AMA uh, uh, at Geertien's house in uh, the Netherlands on Monday, I think. On the uh, what is that? Tomorrow's the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. So the ninth of October, twenty twenty-three. Join us there if you're in the region. I'm going to Bern, Switzerland, the the next day, uh, and I'll be there for. Um, um, the, I'll be there for some meetings, but I'll also be there for the Java user group in Bern that night. So if you're in Bern, Switzerland, come out and say hi. It'll be great. We'll have some fun. Um, and then what else? What else is happening? Uh, I, I think that's it for the immediate moment. Then I go home and then I come right back and I'm going to, among other places, uh, the Porto Tech Hub. That'll be fun. I'll see you there. That'll be good. Uh, and uh, yeah. Okay. Enjoy. See you next week, my friends. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great weekend. Thank you.
have you need that. You can't really see the the person on the on the episode if you don't have the um the person. Hey, I don't know who's gonna watch because we just uh, you and I are both having problems on YouTube. Is it down for anybody else? I don't know. It feels weird. We're about to find out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't That's... load it on the incognito mode. We you tried it off the Wi-Fi on your phone, right? And I don't know what the opposite of live stream is. Deadstream, um, let's, uh, let's not go there. Yeah, that's not great. It's, it's, yeah, I don't like that at all. Um, so anyway, hi, everybody that managed to make it on. I don't know what's going on. Also, yesterday, uh, I thought it was like, uh, I think they might have been having trouble yesterday, too, because come to think of it, StreamYard was giving me fits creating the, the stream on YouTube yesterday. At least maybe we're on LinkedIn. I mean, yeah, hey, that's a place. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm just happy if anybody shows up. And somebody did. Hi, uh, Kedar. Welcome. I'm glad you made it through whatever. I don't know. Is YouTube? We could actually Google this kind of thing. This is a thing you could probably Google, but uh, Google. I'm not going to tell you if their own services down, right? Let me see. Is YouTube down? YouTube down detector. Uh, YouTube adagen problem maps. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. How's that LA? In here. So is it down? I don't know. It's. Just, it feels like it It would be better if it's not. If you're watching it, if you're able to catch it, tell us in the chat messages where you're catching it, whether it's on YouTube or LinkedIn or I don't know where all you're broadcasting to. But um, yeah, They were detecting problems with YouTube that began 21 minutes ago on uh, down for everyone or just me.com. Is this what happens to pro software developers is you get curveballs like this thrown at you in the it's middle the of the ambient stuff, isn't it? It's never it's never the code. It's everything else. Like like uh, I did a we did, like the, we did a demo yesterday where we were showing like the movement of code from Spring Boot 1 through the current generation. And I, we were like, wow, what can we show in the data space uh, that is consistent? Because obviously Spring Data is growing a lot. Um, and I don't, I don't like to show JPA because JPA gives me, it makes me itchy. You know, I don't, I don't like that. So, so, so then I was like, what can we show that's been there for like 10 plus years? It hasn't, you know, it hasn't, it's not a new thing. MongoDB, MongoDB. So the Spring code, exactly the same code. Because of course, right? Spring, nothing changed in the code, but you know, the, the freaking database protocol changed. Like, like the database itself, the way people connect to it has changed in those intervening ten years. And so I had to change. There's a sleight of hand on the on the demo. Maybe you didn't see it, uh, but we actually switched Mongo's between one version of the code and the other. <laughs> like that's that had to change. Not the code. The Spring Boot code's the same, but the database changed. Yeah. So nice segue. Data guy. What's your name? Well, you, wanna, who, who well, my you? name's Greg Turnquist, and yeah. people some people know me as the lead for Spring Data JPA, but uh, the Spring Data team has six people on it, so we have support for things like Data JPA. Right. For JPA, we have, there's a Spring Data JDBC, uh, Redis, MongoDB, Apache Cassandra. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. You've uh, also got several famous, amazing books, uh, one of which is right here. Ah, this is one, right? Learning Spring Boot 3. Very nice, very nice. Uh, you've got a YouTube channel, Spring Boot Learning, very good as well, right? So that's. Like, yep. oh. Kr says that uh, YouTube's working fine at his end. Uh, India, glad to see you coming in from India, there, Kr. Yeah, small world. I wish I was there. I'm happy to be here. I wish we were there. The food's better. When's the last time you were in India? Because that's May, May or April. So jealous. So jealous. Me too. I bring my stretchy pants. You know, it's, <laughs> like, it's delicious. Um, okay, so anyway, you work on the Spring Data team. You, but that's okay. We've I, we've had you on the show before. I don't think we've done a live stream before, but we've had you on the podcast before. Uh, and so, for those of you who haven't heard that, you should. But also, quick, 
quick refresher, right? Like you're not just the spring data guy. I, I think uh, it's very easy for a lot of us in the spring teams to be good at a thing and then just focus on that. That's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. You put a lot of investment in learning a particular skill, you stay there. But you, sir. Well, I, I have a confession. What's that? I'm also the project lead for Spring Web Services, a.k.a. SOAP. <laughs> yeah. So please don't judge me for that. Um, at one time, I worked on Spring Hadios, which is you know, for cool. REST. Yeah. So the one person working on REST and SOAP is what I call ultimate irony. But oh. but uh, SOAP, amazingly, people still need that. Yeah. They're kind of forced to need it. You know, there's certain SOAP services out there they have to consume. So if you need the Spring Way, then that's the way to go. But um, it's just And it's really good. It's the contract first approach, right? I quite liked it. Um, yeah, and you can eat, you know, you have options either way if you want to go contract first or the other way around. Right. But um, soap is soap is a tricky technology because it's incredibly brittle. You have to set up every every piece of it correctly. And uh, we've had fun upgrading to Jakarta EE nine with oh with yeah. soap because everything a lot of the tools we use in soap were inside the JDK and got gutted in Java seventeen. So we wow. I even wrote a blog article about how to overcome that and and somebody using Java eight with spring boot 2.7 but trying to use newer soap stuff is like also like how do i do this how do i do that and yeah it's um something i go back to from time to time to help people out with yeah that's awesome like it's it's the the soap stuff is a part of people's stack it's just great that we have this great support mm -hmm. for it. uh I, but that's, uh, that's what i love about you though is that you've never just said i'm going to do this you've always just rolled up your sleeves and just done whatever needed to get done and there's so many projects that are like that where they're the lifeblood for a lot of people you know, and it's just good that we have you here. And uh, even in that, we talked about this before because you're not just the, you said your JPA, you've, you've done other data stuff before, I remember. Well, we have a sort of a, we, we have a team of about six people that work on uh, spring data stuff. So there's kind of like for each module, you know, we sort of have a key person that oversees that. Like Christoph is is the, the principal developer for the MongoDB stuff. Right. Um, Mark Palouk is also the team leader for Spring Data. Right. is the principal developer on Spring Data at Redis. But then things, John Bloom has has stepped in to help out on Redis because Redis is very popular. <laughs> um, Mark Palouk also works on MongoDB stuff. Mark is a very talented pinch hitter in that he can, he he's he knows he, can, he knows about MongoDB, Redis, Cassandra. Um, John Bloom did countless hours and thousands of hours of work on Gemfire and Geode yeah. stuff, but uh, that is all that sort of his end of life. And so, well, but. It, Okay, but uh, but again, back to you. Yeah. Let, be the star. Let me <laughs> let me make you the star because I really think you're you're. It's worth celebrating. Uh, you you also worked on, uh, like transaction. No, um, JDB. Uh, no, uh, JMS for AMQP. Oh, that was a long time. That was with Steve Powell. We, yeah, uh, we'd worked on. Um, like it's crazy. All well, Steve Powell was implementing. Um, oh, he was implementing the JMS specification on top of AMQP. Right. And uh, I worked I worked with them on some of that stuff to help. Uh, we we're trying to build some demo work on stuff on some of that. And uh, that was that was interesting. We could get about 95 percent of JMS onto AMQP, that's which so cool. it, that's the thing. That's when I really learned, I really hadn't realized it until that point in time that all all JMS is is a series of interfaces. Yeah. It says nothing about the format of the message or and the wire AM, protocol. Yeah. And AMQP is like the opposite. It defines the wire protocol and the format of every message and then works up from that. Right. And they actually put their specifications in an XML file. So there's all these tools that you can pick up in any language and they're all the same APIs. It's amazing. Um, but yeah. something else we'd worked on, like in data JPA, we have, well, in all the spring data modules, we have the support where you can put pageable in thing, oh, yeah. make your query dynamic to say, well, I want to patch a, a page of data. So give me 10 items of, of data and then give me the next page and the next page. And so like, if you write a custom 
HQL, Hibernate Query Language Query, we would go parse the query so we could layer in that pageable request. And don't don't blame us for this. In the past, we use regular expressions to juggle that. And so it empowered people to write, put more and more complex queries in there and like queries with subselects and things like that. And, but we were getting in our over our head. So I finally broke down and wrote a parser oh, for, for Hibernate Query and also for JPQL. I found the the grammar, the specification for, for JPA's query language wow. whatever, and wrote an antler parser in a couple of weeks. And then we did one for Hibernate. And I was halfway into or, or three fourths of the way implemented the Hibernate one and then found out that Hibernate itself uses antler. So I used theirs as a, right. a, a roadmap get that parts and so we've been squashing corner cases where but uh, now we can handle about any kind of parser query that comes in we can go handle it and solve that and so now we can maybe need a count version of the query we can know how to go apply a count to it um so these, cool. this kind of stuff and it's funny because this is one of the things i had to do in grad school was do um you read the dragon book and yeah i've, I've got a copy of the dragon book somewhere i tried to find it and take it to, to our team meeting in boston but i couldn't find it right. but uh right i'd done that and I, I took the class, then I had to actually teach the class in, in grad school. And then I've used that like two other times. So I was like, I, I've done this before. And I found out with Antler, it's a lot easier, oh, so much easier. to build parsers than it was 25 years ago. Yeah. It, it, I, yak and bison, no thanks. I've <laughs> been there, done that. I like Antler. Actually, and, and that's Terrence Parr, right? He's out of Stanford, I think, Berkeley, one of those schools. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. He's famous. He's, he's hysterical. He's, he's famous for saying, oh, hi. Somebody just joined. Hello. Uh well, we have questions. Okay, we're going to talk about this in a minute. Uh, Chai Tanya, don't worry. Wait, yeah, he's doing the interview for me. <laughs> but um, Terrence Parr is famous. He's the guy that uh, um, he's a professor. He, he created Antler, and he's famous for saying, "Why I, I spent five years trying to automate what would have taken me five minutes to do by hand, which is to write a manual <laughs> parser, right?" Um, but I read, I read his 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 whole approach oh, was yeah. he wanted to make grammar handling easier, yeah. accessible, and. You know, I feel like amongst my fellow peers, like this is something I actually have a deep understanding for. And it's like I could have beat that. But the antler made it where I didn't have to dig into that bag of tools to sit there and solve the problem. I was able to get to the solution yeah. a lot faster because of uh, his his genius in the, in the antler tools. And it feels nice to use the API because it's like event driven. And I just I'm a and, big fan. And now I can now we have there's actually a plug in for IntelliJ IDEA for antler. So really? so now if somebody opens up a ticket and they've got a problem with the query, I can grab the query throw it into the the parser inside the ID and first of all figure out did they even write the query correctly is this a legal query or right. not and there's there's big differences between hibernate and JPA standard query language and so I can sit there and deduce what's the problem before I go fix the fix it it's something we could not do before we had the parser so right, right. major major step forward huge that's go cool. that's amazing so that's already in the release bits? yeah we that that went out that's in the um wow. that's in the uh well, the latest version we have milestones coming out to support Spring Boot 3.2, but we also have it in the previous version supporting Boot 3.1. So Boot 3.1 and 3.2 have that feature in it. So are you the poor schlub that has to like I here's my bone of contention is that they seem to break the Hibernate APIs every other week, uh, and are you the poor guy that has to like spackle over that? Well, this is and this is something another confession. Are you, are you tuned in? Or are you getting are you getting these good confessions here? Um. So something I worked for in the trenches like for over 10 years before I came to VMware was writing relational database queries. I, right. We used Oracle and I can do, <clears> you <throat> know, left out or joins in my sleep by that. Right. So my knowledge of relational database is very extensive. That was non-Java technology. My knowledge of JPA was not quite as extensive. Right. So 
I have I have uh, people like uh, Ali and Jens Schauder who actually did work with JPA for 10 years to kind of to to to, to back me up right. and, and to assist me. But the other thing is, is this parsing stuff is introduced with with the boot three series, which is on Hibernate six. And right. so Hibernate six made some major changes. And so we've gotten a lot of tickets open because of Hibernate six and yeah. deep nested stack traces. Um where it's breaking inside Hibernate. So I've gotten very good at spotting, is this actually a, a Hibernate-only bug and closing the ticket and recommending you need to go open a Hibernate issue. And that one's a doubly problematic sort of situation because they did the upgrade to Jakarta E and they changed their API. So there's no way to move to just Jakarta E without also changing a code, which is like exactly what most of us don't want, you know? Um, but, it's a uh, bugbear, but uh, welcome to, welcome to uh, software development. <laughs> I mean, but so to the extent that people have to use the annotations in JPA, there's going to be at least a find and replace for every move, no matter what they're doing. But because they're using Spring data in, in JPA, it's entirely possible that that's all, that's the surface area of your code is the autoconfig, and you don't see that anyway. Right? And what I don't know, this is something I'm curious about. Deshaun's got that that his his Spring Boot migration yeah. script that he does to to help to help move stuff along, and I'm like, I, I'm hoping it handles the those Jakarta namespace changes because it's like I I don't want to hibernate app with 800 entities that I got to go do that too. So that's open rewrite, right? And it does it yep. it does that, but it also does some weird stuff around. Specifically, I think with JPA, it tries to move to the Java 17 and it pulls in. Actually, you have to actually go in there and like prune the build file. It adds a whole bunch of like Jakarta XML stuff that it thinks we need. When of course that was a refactoring done in the uh, absent uh, the awareness of Spring Boot starters. Right, it's like a, it's clear there's a Jakarta JPA Hibernate migration that's not part of the Spring migration, and they one overwrites the other, and it's like they don't play well yet. But yeah, it's getting there. It's really, really smart that open rewrite stuff. Um, so this JPA stuff, I, I guess, how long have you been doing the JPA? Oh, uh, like a year and a half. They we sort of did we sort of did an analysis of all the different modules. We looked at what was the community using the most and what was the, and then we looked at our resources, who was assigned to what, and we realized we, we sort of had two people allocated to data JPA, which sort of meant that two people, 50% meant there was not one person, a hundred percent looking at it. And so we realized that was sort of a misalignment. So we rearranged it. So I, I took over as the lead for spring data JPA. So that was my primary job to come in and look at, at, at yeah. tickets, new issues, resolve stuff, things like that. Right. So we could have, focus on that and um you know and and that's right you know i needed to, to to warm up on that i could consult like either like jens would come in in the morning on on german time and sit there and he would sometimes sift through tickets and spot like oh this looks like a hibernate issue yeah and disposition it's so by the time i got in i you know had had some uh, assistance there and spotted like okay well let's let me let me wrap this ticket up right says, okay this is another one let me go write a test case or something right. and go hammer this out so um it's been a learning process and i'm you know i've I feel like I've learned a lot more JPA since then, and it's it's JPA is like this never ending thing that you keep learning. That there's just more and more and more to it. To where yeah. I I think it was on Dan Vega's live stream, and I said, well, you know, in the beginning, it feels like JPA gives you gives you wings in the way it can lift you up with this object automated mapping stuff. But yeah. there can be a certain point where you get to the brink and you enter like what I call the ninth circle of JPA, <laughs> where it's like so. And I I was talking to somebody earlier at the Spring booth. Uh, thing here at the Spring One Conference, and they 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 described their their situation where they're in a, a circumstance where they have like 800 different schemas, and they're having to map a lot of mapping stuff. And I said, if you, if you're needing this amount of fine grained control over your queries, you may, and they hadn't started yet. I was like, you may want to investigate Spring Data JDBC because that may be a better fit. Where yeah. you need more hands on control for your queries than offloading that to 
to a JPA provider. The, the Gavin Kings of the world will say that the hibernate ORM sweet spot is precisely when you've got a lot of tables that are that are consistent and that you're not fine tuning or you know. But if because it's relationships, right? As you, soon as you start adding foreign keys, that starts to grow uh, non linearly. And the complexity of that starts to become problematic. The more relationships you have in your tables, that's where the ORM has its great sweet spot. Uh, but I, these days, most of the things I build are like, I don't know, five entities, whatever, not not huge. And so I've never felt the – it's been years since I felt like I needed that extra power. And it is power, but, you know, it's also – And it's tricky to go and analyze stuff. You know, we do – we do a lot of demo code and stuff. And we go in to show people stuff, but that's different than going into production where somebody's got a system with 800 tables. Yeah, and, exactly. And maybe 95% of it is on proper third normal form, but then they had to denormalize some of the tables for optimization reasons. Yeah. That's stuff we had to do in production. And, totally. and in that case, you know, you're having to go sit down with the DBA and go run your uh, a specific query through explain plan to sit there and try to deduce, okay, why? Why is my query slowing down by a thousand, a factor of a thousand over the past two years? And I found out, well, well, in this database, when I joined at this point, it would enter a full table scan and the related table had grown by from a thousand rows to a million rows. So there you need to go rewrite a query. Good luck sitting down with the DBA and talking about a hibernate query. They're not no. going to know what that hibernate is. And, no. and if you're like going to hibernate saying, I need to see what the SQL is that the hibernate's generating. Well, that's not what hibernate does. So you're, you know, in that context, like your only op, your only way out, if you're going to stay with the technology is to write a native query with JPA, where you're basically saying I'm opting out of right. JPA altogether, except for resource management. Right. And, Which is, it's certainly a thing you can do. And it's, you know, it may be something you need to do, or maybe, yeah. and this is what something we we're trying to wedge into our talk is there may be points in time where you're like, this method itself really just needs to not be part of the hibernate thing. So we're going to write a custom impl, and this is what you can do with Spring Data. This is a custom impl, and we're going to delegate it. And in this one, I'm just going to grab J. I'm just going to grab the JDBC template yep. that's already there and write the whole thing myself. That uh, so you're talking about you. Can, so that's a feature that I'm not sure some people know about. It's very powerful, and it's not unique to Spring Data JPA, but it is a thing you can do, which is you can provide actual implementations for those methods on those interfaces. Mm -hmm. It involves three types, one which is the actual interface, another one which is the extension, and then an implementation of that extension. Yeah, and um, it's 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 a really cool feature when you're like, okay, 95, 90% of my queries, they work great with the Hibernate stuff. Fine, right. use that. Leverage the repository thing. Yeah. But if you're writing that business report where you need to join 20 different tables and you're having to write this query that turns into a three-page long thing that you yeah. fine-tuned with the DBA, well, that's JP doesn't fit the, the bill for that necessarily. So. No. You can, like you said, use the custom impl solution and reach for a different tool, whether that's JDBC template or my. I or love whatever. JDBC template. That's my. That's my friend. That and was I, my gateway drug yeah. in the spring in the olden days. I saw JDBC Reach template. It. Oh, we, by the way, we have a live studio audience here. At, yeah, and our, our friend Luca uh, Smith. <laughs> dude, dude, I don't know. Dude, I'm not that gonna, is just a violation. I'm not gonna like tell his name on the open airwaves but he did not he did not sign proper uh disclosure paper exactly there you go so anyway he's a he's a he's a jdbc template fan apparently as well that's great jdbc template is amazing and also the database uh the the jdbc client i'm liking that that's liking cool that that's cool that, I, i'm trying to remember if that's a uh, jurgen that came up with that one but that was um well that's another thing so you work on the jd you work on spring data jpa but now increasingly it seems like all the new novel is i mean there's still the local container entity 
local central container factory being yeah like like, that whole thing in the spring framework layer but now more and more of the interesting stuff is being pushed up into the spring data modules but like this hibernate six thing that must have been working with Jurgen, right because he's still maintaining that well i have to i have to i have to admit the uh, the 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 bulk of the work we did for spring data jpa to support hibernate was actually uh, done by uh, oliver Dropbaum. so he is he's a Ollie's the uh, the the prior uh, team leader for Spring Data, but he's right. actually he's been actually heavily working on Spring Modulus, and he gave a talk on that yesterday afternoon. Yeah. To we're at Spring One, by the way. You could be here too, if you weren't having better food in other parts of the world. Uh. <laughs> you weren't busy you, doing that. I understand you, but, why, but, but you could be here. But you told me you liked the hamburger you just had. We did. Okay, so we had a, a fat burger. It's literally called Fat Burger. Uh, don't ask us about our prospects. Don't judge, but don't judge us. I mean, you can. It's probably fine i don't know like i anyway uh, it was good okay but it were it's not like there's a lot of great food here in vegas it's come for the content not for the, the food well not without I mean, you could get good food if, if you know take out another mortgage and go to yeah. the primo restaurants or some of the most premium you know dave ramsey restaurants type i went to uh gordon gordon, gordon, gordon ramsey, ramsey. I went to, is dave ramsey's a finance yes i'm like why did i do uh, that I, Ramsey's. Uh, no, I went. To it's the, raw. Wait a minute. Is that is that going to get your video demonetized? What's wrong? Sorry, that's what Dick, that's what Gordon Ramsay says. It's raw. Oh yeah. No, I went to his restaurant here the other day. Uh, anyway, I digress. Okay, so, um, so yeah, that's a that, that, that's kind of interesting because all the other Spring Data modules, there's no like Mongo support in Spring Framework, right? It's just all in Spring Data. No, and that's and that's more of a, probably a legacy thing. Like I wonder, you know, I I don't know this, but you could speculate that if Spring Data had started at the same point right. in time as Spring Framework, a lot of this data stuff may be in in the course. JPA would data, live but, there. And but, from from the perspective of a consumer using Spring Boot, they don't know really. They don't even care which jar it lives in anymore. Well, yeah. and as a counterpoint to that, it just it just uh, came to my mind is in Spring Data Relational, which Yen Shatter manages. We have both support for Spring Data JDBC, and we have Spring Data. R2DBC. R2DBC. And there they did create a R2DBC template, but actually that yeah. did get transferred into Spring Framework. So there's a Spring oh. R2DBC module in Spring Framework where the R2DBC template is now. And That's I, so cool. So on a rare occasion, stuff will move into Spring Framework, but uh, they they run a tight ship at being careful as to what, what gets pulled in there or not. Can't blame them. It, no. it is insanely difficult. Like, uh, well, for something that's been around for 20 years, 20-year <laughs> celebration. This is the 20th year for Spring Framework. Did you know that? Um What's what other open source toolkit has has affected this much, this many millions of users, and still lived to lived for twenty years? I mean, Linux, but again, it like it's had major rewrites. You know, Spring hasn't. Like, it's just I can't think of JUnit, but even that has had major rewrites. Yeah. Uh, your databases, Postgres, of course, they've been around for thirty years. They, but of course, very few things is my point. It's a it's a rarefied error at this point. You know. Yeah. Be, uh, it's absolutely crazy how pervasive and amazing this technology is you know just really good and it's because of people like you as like i'm saying it's it just takes a lot of people to keep the engine uh moving because there's all these externalities like we talked about mongodb's database protocol change hibernate it sh- itself seems to change every other wednesday like it i was talking to craig walls the other day and we were talking about spring social uh and how the api is there for the social network used to change oh, every gosh. every week without notice or anything you know and it's like Spring is spring, but it's also this glue that connects you to the outer world, which always changes. You know? And Spring Social had this funky issue. I remember that because it was it did two things. It both mapped their graph API for Facebook or whatever, you yeah. know, whatever the API was for the social network. The binding. The bindings. 
but then they'd also implemented that OAuth 2 dance to, yeah. to, to simplify that, which is a really nasty thing if you try to read the spec on OAuth 2. And so the thing that everybody really needed that was eternal was the OAuth 2 stuff. And the bindings were like changing, like you said, every week. Yeah. So, but they eventually made that a proper module over in the spring security team with the support for doing OAuth, whether right. you're serving it or consuming it. And so it got better. But at one point with Spring Social, with Spring Security OAuth, a separate project. And then we had the Spring Cloud OAuth. It just got very confusing, you know, and now it's all better. Um, okay. So I guess we do look at the time. I'm mindful of our times here. <clears throat> we have a great question. And this is the one I was, I was going to ask you earlier. Uh, great, great question, which is, hello, Greg, glad to meet you. That's nice of you to say. Thank you, Josh, for hosting this live. My pleasure, truly. My friend, this is a friend. We had burgers and then we came here and talked. It's, we would have done this without the microphone, just more fun with the microphone. My question is, what's the future of Spring Data? Future, I suppose that's future. That would sound Spring, right. <laughs> I mean, in the next year, what are features that we can expect? That's a good question. The, uh, the Oracle has it. So we've uh, one of the things we call it, we call it Spring Data Next. That's a version that supports uh, Spring Boot 3.2, which is the uh, emerging version, which we're currently on. I think we put out Milestone 2 just this past week yeah. for, for the, the Spring Data component of that. Some of the stuff is we, we, we've got the uh, HQL and JPQL query parser uh, built into that. We've got the, you know, the other thing is we're, we're dealing with the, the uh, so we're on Hibernate 6. Um, a lot, of, a lot of the bits of that, the Hibernate 6 stuff, is maybe not as uh, much of an effect on the end users, but uh, for framework developers, we're having to go deal with that. that we're, we're ironing out some bugs on that stuff to try to make you know, the big deals with Spring Data. We're trying to make this process simpler. We're trying to make it where if you're using JPA, it we're trying to simplify it. So you can you, if you want to, you really can inject the entity manager into your into your service layer and use it directly. Hey, but, I, don't, I don't recommend it. And also, you have to use So this is the thing. Is there a way for me to get a an entity manager without using at persistence context on a field? Um, I just want I just want to be able to say at auto wired on a constructor, or better yet, not have the at auto wired at all. Well, you'd have to you'd have to auto wire or the auto inj- you'd have to inject it into something. And right? Then... Can I inject the factory? I guess I guess I have to inject the factory, but I want the actual just realized. You know what I'm saying? Can I just have a proxy injected for the entity manager uh, without having to do at persistence? Context? I'm not sure because we don't. In general, we don't recommend this strategy. If you're doing this, why not just go use Hibernate directly if you're really going to go that route? Instead, we we provide you with the really convenient repository abstraction right. over it. So, you know, for this 80% of your queries that you're writing, you can just define a method and then we'll go handle the actual legwork of talking to the entity manager, whether that's going through the criteria API right. or uh uh, shipping the query over you you know one of these k patches is you can write the hibernate query yourself and use the at query annotation yeah um we're also making that's sure a spring we, data thing on the yeah, method uh, yeah. methods yeah yeah okay. and you can put that on there and um uh, you know the other thing is we're we're just stopping out uh, you know we have we're trying to round out like there's there's you know we run into some bug stuff we close it or we try to spot that this is this is an issue that that hibernate needs to fix so part of it is we're just trying to correspond with the hibernate hibernate team to help them you know, spot stuff that they can fix on their end. Some of the some of the the sneaky stuff we're running into is like the uh, the was it the JSR three hundred five Java dot time types. Um, wow. Some people ask questions about why aren't you why don't you properly convert an instant to a date time offset object? And it's like because we don't know what time zone you're in, so we don't yeah. do that. We can't we Very can't know otherwise. We can't know where where you are. That's an application level thing. So yeah. uh, anyway, we've those are just some of the features we're doing on that. That's amazing. Um, it's and it, it, superficially, 
sounds uh, the query stuff is huge, you know, brand new thing. But but basically, superficially, this is going to be one of thousands of features that are improvements over straight JPA and Hibernate, right? Well, um, we try to make it where you're able to. The, the real focus should be you should not be thinking too too hard on this is what I'm doing for JPA or persistence. It's right. what do I need to solve my business case? My yeah. business needs this piece of data out of the system. What, right. what do I do to get to that? So we do things like query by example or these custom finder methods. Like the custom finder methods are fine for, for very simplistic things about I'm doing a, a select against a table and I'm filtering right. on two, two fields or something like that. That's where these custom finders are handy. But we have new stuff like you know, you, you can do a fine top 10 or fine. Yeah. And now we have actually, you can supply a limit object. So it becomes dynamic. So you can say limit of 10. Oh, so you can programmatically new up the limit before you. Yeah. Or you can say nice. limit dot unlimited. Oh. Um, we also have key set pagination that we've added. So we used to do for like pageables, you would have to provide the size of a page and it's offset. So you say, I want, I'm querying I'm, my page size is 10. I need the offset. I need the fifth page. So in a very simplistic way, that's you're looking for the 50th element, right. you know? So if you change the size of your page, you have to go start over again at the beginning because it recalculates where everything is. Offset, <sighs> this new scroll API that's rolled out, which like we have cursor? support. It's, it's kind of like that. You can say, I'm, I'm scrolling. I want to go to this offset, this position. It can calculate it from there. The other, the other phenomenon is you're querying for a gigantic result set and it throws away the first four pages. So instead, with scroll API, it's it's a more efficient query that can just jump to the fifth uh, offset, if you will. Yeah. And it's able to leverage things like indexes and stuff. So it writes a more performant query. And then we have some window operators. or So you can get back a window of data or you can get a window iterator. So maybe you get a window size of like 10 items, but you just want to go row by row well you can just iterate over each each person or each row and when you get to the end of that it will seamlessly grab the next window and just keep scrolling through so you're more effective at going through the data this is the new scroll api that we have that's amazing i didn't know about that that's pretty cool see these are like so many things that just make this low level stuff less painful and i i i, I just have to i hate to use the word painful when it comes to an api but hibernate has caused me actual pain in my life um one Speaking of Hibernate, actually, there's in theory, there's other JPA implementations. How much of the work is involved for any of that? I mean, amazingly, it's not a lot. It's yeah. really like 90, 95.2% of the world uses Hibernate. Yeah, there's, the one that we do works. have support for Eclipse Link, and we have some CI or, in, sorry, integration tests to check for Eclipse Link, but that's right. the bulk of it right there. Is, is there even a starter anymore for Eclipse Link on the initializer? I, I don't know what's on the initializer. I know we have... Like I think it's just if you bring in Spring Data JPI, you get Hibernate. That's the way it's always been in over the ten years we've had support, and that's that's it, fine. It, it feels like your your fun joke you would give on stage when you're like, uh, so you know, some of you use IntelliJ, some of you use Spring Tool Suites, yeah. some of you use VS Code, and for the one person in the back that uses Emacs, you right. know, hey, yeah, exactly. So we, we we support we support Eclipse Link. There's, but principally we try to support jpa so yeah we try to support the contract and the official interface so you know if you're wanting specific hibernate features we may not necessarily offer them directly some of the when you're designing your domain objects your entity objects yeah. you're using your jpa annotations or you're you have the liberty to use hibernate specific annotations on that and that objects can be turned over to, wow. to hibernate so yeah. that's Kind of up to you to look up, but I'm, I think you can go find books out there, whole books on how to design your domain objects to work with Hibernate. I mean, it, it is a, uh, it's the, it's got a huge community. So you know, say 
I can say what I will, but it's it's you're no there's no doubt that there's a solution out there for you. It's been done before. Somebody's thought of it, right? So there's at least that. Um, my friend, I'm being I'm trying to be mindful of time here. Uh, okay. So what else should we talk about? <laughs> Anything else I forgot to mention? Well, I don't know. We may have to wrap it up here. Maybe. Uh, what did we talk about here? So what did you talk about? Spring Data JP. Talk about data JPA at the conference here. Yeah, we did talk yesterday. Uh, Jens and I did one. The fun part about that was some of the. Uh, the uh, JPA stuff we delved into, he cited that that would be good information to go attend his talk. He had given four hours before that one. Ooh. So I thought it was fitting that on my last slide, I had a reference to back to the future on there. Was, uh... <laughs> um, okay. I know presumably that would be recorded. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think in the room we were at, it was recorded. So ah. I think they're, I think they're live streaming like the keynote stuff, but uh, this year's event, if you're, if you're not on the main stage, I'm not sure it's, it's, it's definitely no video and I'm not even sure if the audio is recorded on that, but they will, I think they are going to, publish all the content don't quote me on that stuff yeah so. we, we have no idea nobody tells us anything i don't know but i think all the decks we had to submit to the uh, conference overlords and so i think they will definitely be publishing the slides as some form of content okay. that's good see good decks are everything um okay i i want so you're are you on the internet and do you want to be, be found um, if so where can people find you go to youtube at spring boot learning if if it's if, not if down. youtube will work i'm gonna get the link oh uh, now we're gonna be in your, in your live stream Okay. <laughs> yeah. What that? Oh, huzzah! I haven't forgotten to publish this week in spring. It's Tuesday today. I published it today. Um, but you're right. I do. You've need been to doing it. that for 13 years. You realize that? I know, and it's and I haven't missed a one. And I want so I've been publishing this. Uh, Ambu said. Well, first of all, hold on. This is the comment to which we're reacting. So for the for, the, for those of you who are confused now. <laughs> Now we'll leave that there. Ampu says I forgot to publish. Uh, look at uh, what. Look at what. Look at the expectation you have set. Well, you. Well, you're. You're in. Uh, you're Pacific time, so you still have a few hours to to make the deadline. Well, that's just it. I've been in Asia for the last like two months, and so because I've been doing it Tuesday there, it's. You know, it'll be. If I publish it in the evening there, it's still like early afternoon here in yep. California, right? In the yep. day before, so I. I think people sometimes sometimes think I'm publishing it on Monday, when in fact it's Tuesday, but I'm in. Somewhere I sense Asia. a joke about offset date time. Yeah, that, this is somewhere it. is there a joke for that? If you can, you've got it posted in the chat. We need your, we need that feature, right? <laughs> um, okay, so you great YouTube channel, big fan. What uh, the books? Where actually? What's your website where people can go learn about everything? We well, can go springbootlearning.com. All right, let me get that springbootlearning.com. Okay, okay, good. Take all that. Good. No, buddy. No, um, no problem. Just uh, don't worry. I, I appreciate you looking out for me because I sometimes get to almost to like 1130. I'm like, oh, I forgot to do it. And because yeah, I haven't missed one. I haven't missed an episode of that uh, thing. You're going to be like 80 years old in the hospital. But I, I got to get yeah. it out. I got it. I mean, I, there are worse fates. That's like, that'd be and then great. I'll be at the other 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 yeah. end of the room. OK, I read it. <laughs> um, OK, wait, let me put that out there. Hold on. Sorry. Up, 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 up. Ta-da, ta-da. Okay. Well, this is fun. Awesome. I appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you, as always. Uh, the rest of you, I wish you were here. It's spring one. It's pretty good. And it sounds like some of the content won't be online, maybe. We don't know. Uh, that's not great. That's why you're missing out. If you can see it, give it a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. If you can uh -huh. see it, like and subscribe, all that kind of stuff. All right, everybody. Bye. Stay tuned. I'll have more live streams later today with other uh, equally amazing people. Nobody's.
Hit subscribe, ring the bell so you don't yeah. miss a thing. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So you don't See? miss a thing. YouTuber, right there. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.